Welcome to the Know Your Rights podcast with Orlando attorneys Albert Bazzotti and Joel Osborne from the Bazzotti and Osborne Law Firm. So we actually have an interesting question here from one of our listeners. Uh, James wrote here, how do you get an accurate, conclusive diagram on how impaired an active cannabis user can be? The phytocannabinoid, I hope I said that word right, <laughs> THC, is a partial agonist in the CB1 receptor, which means it's not toxic. It also implies one cannot be intoxicated from cannabis. So, Joel, I think you said that you had an interesting answer to that. I mean, it, 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 it's it's a great question. Um, marijuana is a non-toxic substance, which is which is crazy. So if someone consumes, you know, two to three pounds, if they could even get it down of cannabis, the only thing, you know, they'd have to worry about is a, a stomach ache and, you know, some unpleasant side effects, but it wouldn't would not kill you. Um, there's not a lot of substances like that. Advil, toxic, um, you know, even... You know, even stuff you wouldn't think does have a little bit of toxicity. So it's it's very interesting. But, you know, in a legal sense, um, even though it's not toxic, it does have psychoactive components to it. Um, so while you wouldn't be, I guess, intoxicated, you could still be impaired. Um, you know, if you take LSD or some type of um, psychoactive substance um, and try to drive, just imagine Albert Angelo, um, you know, you, you, you still would be impaired. So um, it's a great point. And I get the, you know, the kind of game he's trying to play. If it's not toxic, how can you be intoxicated? Um, it's, it's interesting, but it is psycho. It does have psychoactive components, so it can impair you and it can affect your, you know, the way you operate a motor vehicle. And Albert, what do we suggest? Do we suggest people uh, consume cannabis and drive, even if they have a medical license? Absolutely not. And it's funny that you mentioned the psychoactive effects. So, so what we're talking about is so when you can consume cannabis, this is where like some police officers will say you have slurred speech, you have um, blurred vision, you have um, um, lethargic actions, the way you speak, the way you talk, the way your movements are. Um, you have like a, a, a lethargic face and you have ptosis, which is a droopiness of the eyelid. These are the um, psychoactive effects that cannabis can have on you. And these are the types of things that officers are looking at when they pull you over. And if they smell a burnt um, odor of cannabis coming from you. But Joel, just bouncing off of that. Now, last week we talked about CBD and, and hemp as well. Now, is that the same thing kind of as cannabis when we're talking about psychoactive effects? Well, the, the, the CBD from the hemp, they've taken out all the uh, psychoactive components. So I know that's how um, you can go around uh, getting it with a, from, with a prescription. Um, the CBD they sell in the, you know, the uh, tobacco shops and, you know, the, the places that aren't uh, affiliated, you know, with a, an actual doctor there on staff. It's, it's hemp derived CBD. And all hemp is, is it's, you know, it has n almost no um, THC, no psychoactive component to it. So that's a great question, Albert. So let me, let me, all right, let's bounce another but idea. Then there's also CBD. I, I'm, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I'm, I'm positive. I'm almost positive. There also is a CBD derived with, you know, more of the psychoactive component and that you do have to have a doctor's prescription for. Sure. Now, last week we talked about like probable cause and smell of cannabis. Now, do you think uh, the C CBD or hemp um, types of oil or cannabis has the same um, smell or effect of 
just normal cannabis? No. You don't? No, no, I don't. I think, uh, you know, uh, flowered cannabis has, you know, especially, you know, um, you know, what they're trying to, to, to grow and sell is Sensamia. It's, uh, it's a female version of the plant, Albert. You know, um, they, call the, they call the male plants on purpose. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a female version of the plant. Um, and it has a, a very specific, pleasant smell. Um, and uh, it, it would be different than the smell if you tried to burn hemp. Like a, the, the hemp, it would smell completely different, almost like more chlorophyll, tainted, more just grassy. Whereas the, you know, the, the flowered um, female cannabis uh, combusted would, would smell different. And officers will be trained for this. Okay. So like going back to the Chavez case that we talked about, um, where the attorney Lee is arguing that, um, that the officers, the smell of hemp could have been the exact same as cannabis. Therefore, due to the laws that are coming into effect and hemp being legal, um, that can't work. That should he should be able to suppress those results now. So do you think his argument, does he have any merit in his argument um, or could it be realistic that a person could be carrying a package of raw hemp hemp type of cannabis and could that smell i guess lead an officer to believe that it would lead to problem cause you know they're, they're not consuming the cbd that's derived from the hemp first off people aren't combusting it the reason they're not combusting it, albert is you know there is no psychoactive you know component to it and that's why they don't really combust it um with that case you bring up very interesting case one i think would be a better argument uh -huh. albert if someone was vaporizing you know someone was vaporizing flour and you make that argument. But even then, you know, I, I, the smell of vapored, you know, vaporized um, flour is different than uh, when you combust it. But that would have been a better argument. And we both talked about this multiple times, even, you know, um, it would have been better if the guy had a medical marijuana sure. card, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Albert? Even if he had a medical marijuana card, he could not be smoking it in public, right? The rules on that are he has to be private Correct. or in a that private is. area. That's correct. So, but now here's the here's the argument you make. What if a person is living out of his vehicle? What if the vehicle is off the roadway? Ooh. What is the definition of whether that vehicle is in a public um, area or not? Now, if, if that person was in a school or on a subway or there's other people around, uh, that's about that's a great argument, Angela. But what do you what do you think, Joel? Um, you know, that'd be that'd be dangerous. It'd be a hard argument to make because, you know, we are talking, you know, what the other person's thing about intoxication of cannabis. When you're dealing with an automobile, you know, then you get into the whole DUI, DWI. So as long as you didn't have, you know, I guess, control of the keys or the keys were, you know, uh, um, you know, in a place where you didn't have access to and there was evidence that you were living out of your car, you know, you would have to have the evidence to back it. You know, these these things wouldn't be reasonable unless it was reasonable, um, you know, um, so. You, you know, the, I think the best thing to, 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 you know, instead of, you know, just doing a bunch of just crazy hypotheticals is to point out, you know, with the new law, there's going to be new arguments. And at the end of the day, that's why you need great attorneys. Um, that's why you need an attorney like, like, like us, you know, we're, we'll make, um, you know, we'll craft interesting arguments. Um, and, uh, um, you know, these things, it's, it's a brand new, it's a brand new law in Florida. So it's gonna, it's gonna open up, um, 
um, new ways to attack, um, you know, uh, police investigations. You know, it's an interesting question to bring up as lawyers. How do you keep your finger on the pulse of emerging topics like this? I mean, we're in a period now where it seems as though we're on the the edge of law change with the topic of marijuana. And and how do you both kind of keep up with all of the new laws and all the new changes? I'll be honest when, you know, when this was starting to become viable with Colorado is when I started seeing, you know, the the viability that this was going somewhere. And, you know, Albert will tell you when you're in law school, we have access to these insane research databases. And uh, I don't know if, you know, Albert knows this, but I don't know if you know this, Angelo, but when, you know, states, you know, uh, implement new laws, they copy other states. So like, let's say Texas was implementing a concealed weapon permits law. And, you know, they would look at Florida's laws if they didn't have it on the book. Of course, Texas does, but they do what's called statute mirroring. So when Colorado, you know, uh, decided to uh, legalize, you know, the medical first, I started reading their statutes and how they were going to do it. Now, it's been a little disappointing, and I especially bet to the voters of Florida, um, the way they've set it up is not like Colorado. Um, They, you know, um, they've required um, complete integration where you have to, you know, have... (laughs) 30, 30 years in agriculture, you have to handle, you know, from start to finish from, you know, growing to selling and they've cut out a lot of opportunities. They made it a monopoly. Um, so it's so, unrealistic, unrealistic for you to even be a part of this. Yeah. And in other states, you know, in other states, um, they've, they've opened it up and it's, it's, it's been, you know, uh, you know, it, it's helped the economy. It's helped people. Uh, people have been able to a- apply for licenses and, you know, manufacture. People have been applied, apply for licenses and distribute. Here in Florida, they've, they've basically made it for the, for the, for the wealthy that can afford it, that have been in agriculture for 30 years. Um, you know, so they've, <laughs> they've taken, they've taken, they've taken the purpose, what everyone was really trying to do when they, and this wasn't put on by, you know, by our legislators. This was enacted by us, the people. And, you know, not only was not allowing us to smoke flower cannabis a slap in the face, um, but the way they've distributed the licenses. But the way to, I, I didn't mean to get off topic, Angelo, you know, but the, the way, you know, we keep abreast of this stuff is we uh, we study statutes. We study how other you know, states are doing it, um, you know, states that have done it before us. We study how they do recreational because, you know, eventually Florida will be recreational. Um, so, uh, we, we research, how about you, Albert? How do you keep, how do you keep yeah, absolutely Joel. Like, and, and there's publications, there's journals, there's lots of different avenues and resources and, and like, just, just, uh, taking a client to the medical cannabis, uh, or the dispensary the other day, they have their own newspapers in there with, with certain articles and different legislation, um, laws that are coming to effect. So it's just very, very interesting. And, 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 uh, Albert, you go and speak at normal too. So we're also involved with normal. Can you explain what normal is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's an organization. It's the national organization of reforming reformation, marijuana laws. And it's a, it's a nationwide organization. I believe they're in most, um, universities, colleges around, and they're just, uh, people that are advocating lobbying for, reformation in the law and in cannabis law and marijuana laws and they want to be up to date and help bring about change and like the issue we talked about last week the whole probable cause um is probable cause enough or the smell of marijuana enough to generate probable cause of a vehicle and joel brought up an interesting point earlier today about 
these vaporized cartridges and someone smelling smoking that in a, in the vehicle. And I believe um, that type of smell is a different type of smell than just burnt burnt cannabis from just flour. Am I, am, am I correct, Joel? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's distinct, but it wouldn't be us. It'd be up to, you know, if it, if it ever played out, um, it'd be, you know, the cops making the call and then a judge determining if it's reasonable based on, you know, the, the, uh, the time they've spent on the, the job, you know, their experience that, you know, yada, yada, For yada. Sure. But, and what I'm getting at with that, Angela, like these cartridges, these vaporized containers are sold in a dispensary for licensed patients. And um, these people are still smoking these. They, by the time, by the time there's still some sort of smell coming from them um, and, and officers are still pulling people over and in their heads that they're thinking this is enough to conduct a search of someone's vehicle. That example for alone, let's just say that a medical marijuana user or a card holder has one of these cartridges and he, he, he smell he smokes in his car, but he's not driving. He's not impaired or anything. Officer pulls him over for a traffic infraction, smells marijuana, um, conducts a search of his vehicle. And let's just say he finds an unregistered weapon that the guy was going hunting or something, charges him with a felony um, concealed weapon charge or something of that nature. Then um, that, that type of case is going to be attacked just because the basis of the stop was something that the suspect or the driver was totally legal in doing. He has the adequate license, he has the adequate prescription. And just based on that alone, the officer can't just get to the point where he's finding an illegal gun. Am I correct in all that, Joel? Yeah, it could, you know, it, it's, it's, we can't, I can't really give an answer. You know, it, it's, you know, just because, um, you know, you have a medical marijuana card, um, you know, just because alcohol is illegal, you can't drive and consume, you can't consume it and drive. So, you know, just because you have a medical marijuana card, that's not going to get you out of, you know, consuming it, consuming said marijuana and then being in the vehicle. So the probable cause could be on, you know, it could be on the smell. It could be on, you know, um, um, the level of encounter could be on the, the way you were operating the vehicle, which shows impairment, intoxication. Um, so there's just too many, you know, there's, you know, Albert, there's too many. There's, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of issues to attack in that situation, though, especially if. That's, I think that's, so, I think that Albert, the whole thing you're trying to bring up, you know, in this whole, what we're trying to really tie in is that, um, you know, with this new, um, with the new laws, um, you know, we're seeing in this case is attorneys are going to make new clever arguments and, you know, it's, it, we're, we're attorneys, we're really boring. Um, you know, it's not exciting stuff, but for us attorneys, this is exciting. You know, when, when this stuff's getting challenged, you know, level of encounters are getting challenged based on, you know. Um, um, new stuff. It's just, it's interesting to us, uh, 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 criminal law. Absolutely. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let's say I have a medical marijuana card. I have my medical cannabis. If I shared that with someone, what are my legal <laughs> issues that I'm going to run into? I'm assuming that's illegal. Okay. This, the, the, the medical cannabis is treated just like any other prescription. Sharing a prescription with anybody else is a felony. Um, you know, this is, this is regulated just like any other prescription. Um, you cannot, um, you cannot share it with your friend, your wife. Um, legally, you cannot do that. Um, this is to be treated like a medicine in Florida. You know, there's other states. Now, Angela, we were talking about, you know, I was telling you about how we study other state statutes. You know, there are other states where 
the con- consumption of medical of marijuana is recreational. It, you don't have to have a medical reason. You can just be an adult. But in Florida, um, if you do have a medical marijuana license, that license, it, you know, it has to be treated just like any, um, um, you know, controlled substance, uh, Percocet, Xanax. Um, you cannot share it. And it's funny, Angelo, bouncing off of what Joel just said, let's just say that you yourself, you purchase the medical cannabis. Let's say you want to, your doctor prescribes you flour of this medical cannabis. It's going to come in three, um, like three jars of vaporized containers. So there's flour in there, but they're in hard containers. So say you go to your house and you want to just open those containers and smoke and, and roll up a joints or uh, you get a, a cigarello and you want to roll up a blunt. You do something of that nature. So by, by doing that and breaking these containers and actually doing that, even in your own household, you're breaking the law because that isn't the intended purpose of why um, of what medical cannabis was for. So if an officer just burged into your house and had probable cause for some reason, saw you smoking that blunt. And even though they see your prescription right there, technically they can arrest you for possession of cannabis. And, and a lot of people don't know that. So it's just it's fascinating when, when you see that. And it's just and it's important for people to know that just because you have a license, if you're going to be out in the open showing your license to everyone and smoking joints and blunts, then you're, you're going to get arrested. That's just that's the law. That's not what the um, medical purpose of the statute was intended for. You're going to have to eventually adapt with these laws. And is that do you think these emerging laws are going to help or hurt defense attorneys? You know, the- the way the way it's like like we said it's so um you know florida's laws are very very strict um you know if florida allowed like many other states the consumption of flowered cannabis then you know a lot of these smells you know we 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 you know we kind of just jumped into it but these levels of encounter when a cop stops to form probable cause the the smell of burnt cannabis um, whether it be in a joint, a pipe and a blunt is so distinct. Right. Um, so, you know, it's 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 going to take a special case, you know, where the person actually does have a medical marijuana license, actually is using it correctly, you know, smoked, you know, used the vapor um, and then the vapor wasn't used, you know, in the you know, when they were driving, they weren't currently impaired, but the smell was still on them, you know. So it's the, the way they did it, it's 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 going to be harder, you know, but the, the thing is, uh, Angelo, is the law is going to change. Um, you know, this this law is it's 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 I don't believe um, what we have on the books for medical marijuana in Florida is going to be what's going to be in the next five years. I believe it will, you know, eventually we'll have recreational um, cannabis. I mean, we have uh, we have too many. Um, um, in Florida, we have too many elderly and too many transient, you know, for all this touristy stuff um, to not. Um, so I, I feel like that's where we'll go. Um, you know, like you said, there's going to be arguments made like like we like the case we've been you know talking about the last two weeks. It's just, you know, I don't know how effective it's going to be. Here's the thing, Angela. I think the question is, I think it's going to really affect prosecutors a lot more because these types of cases, there's going to be a lot more litigation, a lot more challenging and motions and um, precedent that's going to be wanting to be set by not only defense attorneys, by people charged with these crimes and, and people charged with marijuana types ca- crimes. These are smart people. Defense attorneys are very smart. Um, they know that a jury is most likely not going to convict someone. 
And, and, and this isn't the way the system's supposed to play out with jury pardons. But with these types of marijuana cases, certain types of um, jurisdictions in Florida are very are very strict. They have a lot more stricter um, ways they handle these types of cases than others. So you'll see a lot of these cases getting pushed to um, motions, litigation, trial, just because people will believe that jur- the jurors will not convict someone for having a gram of cannabis that's not medically prescribed, even though they have a medical license or People don't want to see us wasting our time and resources. And, and jury trial, what people don't understand, every time the state brings a defendant to trial, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars. You're you're bringing people out um, for their jobs to get selected for the jury. You have a lot of a lot of staff around the courtroom. You have the clerks. You have the deputies. All these things are what taxpayers are paying for. And people don't want to see us prosecuting someone for a gram or two of cannabis or because they have a pipe that might have a green leafy substance. So a lot more people are becoming more educated in these laws. Yeah, I don't know, Albert. You know, we just you know, Jeff Sessions was recently our attorney general. You know, he just got replaced and he had a very archaic view on marijuana. You know, it was from the 1980s. You know, when, you know, you say, you know, uh, the defense is going to have new, exciting angles. Well, you know, you're a former prosecutor. The prosecutors are going to want to take those cases and they're going to want to take them all the way. That's why you're there. They want to make a name for themselves. And, you know, the their offices aren't going to let, you know, these loopholes. They're going to prosecute these angles totally. But then what what happens once the precedent set? What happens when the court rules in the defense's favor? Yeah. And that's the thing is it's going to be hard. And what I'm trying to say is it's going to be hard to set precedent in one of these cases because you would need a case that, you know, you would need somebody not being dumb and not breaking the law. They would have to be consuming the drug legally. And I feel like if someone's consuming the drug legally, they'll never encounter the cops. To be honest, if they're if they're consuming it the way the statute says, um, you know, by the book, they probably will never, you know, they won't have issue. And if they do, it won't because of smell. Um, you know, so the, it, it's going to be harder in Florida for, uh, for someone, something effective. Cause they would first, they would have to have a license. And I think right now we have a hundred thousand people, um, 170,000, I think right now as of January. So we have to be one of those 170,000. And then the issue, whether it be, you know, the level of encounter here, I can, you know, I can, let me give you this argument right here, right now. I think I got one for you. Okay. Person is pulled over, pulled over. Um, has a medical marijuana license, purchases one of those flower pots that they call them, which you can are medically uh, uh, purchase whatever flower that you can purchase from the dispensary. Um, a person um, in plain view has well, the destroyed the right there. thing That's and has a the That's joint illegal. rolled up right next to him. Wait, 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 wait. You keep doing this. All right, let, let's change it then. Not, not, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Where I'm, let me like, listen. Where I'm going with this, okay? You that the way it's intended to be smoked, the flower pod is through a vaporizer. Say you have a mini vaporized kit right there. However, your doctor tells you, or whatever you you believe in your head. Wait, wait, wait. I think those things say that you are not supposed to destroy them on the actual container. Hang on, though. Hang on where I'm going with. What if you want to make the argument that the only way you can medically smoke this vaporized um, flower is that it has to be crushed up or broken into pieces and you want to be the first person to bring that precedent? Now, is that a bad argument? If we say you bring in a medical a medical expert, a cannabis expert. It is because first you're consuming you're like, it okay, in your car we, while you're driving. Like right this, you can you be see. homeless right now and just living in your car. <laughs> no, the, you have a joint in your car. 
cop pulls you over with a joint in your car. This is not this. That's not the case. It would have to be not in a car in a scenario. And then still you're breaking the intended use. The you know, um, you, if you're following, you'd have to follow. Um, it'd have to be someone that's following the law to the T to challenge it. So, I, you know, in Florida, the way they've set up the license, that's kind of why I went into how restrictive and kind of how ridiculous it is and how far against the voters, what the voters really wanted. Um, I, you know, Rick Scott did what Rick Scott did. But, um, you know, in Florida, it's going to be hard, I feel, to have a, a, a challenge and, you know, a winning argument on one of these things. It's not to say they're not going to make them. And it's not to say is they're not interesting as heck, you know, and that we're not going to study them and look at them. Uh, but. You know, it would have to be, you know, <laughs> it would have to be a very specific, a very specific scenario. I want to spend one more question for you, and, it, and it's a little bit based on constitutional law. Now, let's say in this situation, kind of the same situation, you purchase. Um, Albert, you can purchase- I just say something? I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, this is something that I feel. I feel like, to be honest with you, you say constitutional law. Well, in the, in the state, in the United States, we have something called the freedom of religion. Okay. well, the first the first page of the Bible, you know, I'm a proud Christian and the first page of the Bible says, what does it say? It says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth uh, and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the earth. Albert, we talked about it is marijuana seed bearing plant. I have the definition for you. I actually just gave a presentation to normal, so I could give you that exact definition. Wait, just tell, I don't need the, de- does, is, is marijuana a seed barren plant? Yes. Okay, so regardless of the medical marijuana, I think you could make an argument, freedom of religion. If you are a Christian, it says the first page of Genesis that God gave us every seed barren plant on, so I feel like we could attack this, not with the medical marijuana. I feel like we could attack this law because it's ludicrous because, you know, the FDA is allowing, you know, multiple people to be poisoned by um, Percocet, um, Xanax, uh, Vicodin, Seroquel, you know, and now we have what the, what the guy brought up with the earlier question. We have a non-toxic substance, you know, that, that clearly empirically does um, have medicinal properties. Like, what are we talking about? Why are we still, why are we still prosecuting this on the uh, at the at this uh, circuit and county level? Um, at the end of the day, you know, we, we're talking as you know, people. We're we're both people, and this law is ludicrous. And I think Albert would agree. No, I, I agree, Joel. And it's just great. All three of us are big time football fans, and I just like go back to the NFL in this, and just like, why are all these former ex players fighting so hard, advocating for marijuana being legalized? For the NFL, and Albert, the, the Lawrence from the Dallas Cowboys today was was smoking a joint live, saying he retired, saying you know they'll give us Xanax, they'll give us Percocet, they'll give us Seroquel, but we can't consume cannabis. And, and and that's one of the main issues. You look at it like with Goodell and the NFL, they'd rather get, let people get addicted to pills and things that are really messing people up. But when ex athletes, the ones that are retired, the ones that are actually Using can you know Lawrence uh, the the uh, I think it was the tackle for Dallas Cowboys was just talking about on his retirement smoking cannabis live um, you know the arguments that I would like to make um, have nothing to do with the medical marijuana it is you know I believe um, you know there's uh, constitutional arguments freedom of religion um, <laughs> right to privacy 
you know, and I think uh, these arguments now that more counties and I mean, more, uh, more, uh, more places are enacting recreational marijuana, it affects the way the judges view them. So these arguments there, there can be more clever arguments. I just think in Florida, um, you know, it's going to be hard with the medical marijuana, but you can always make a clever argument um, approaching it from another angle. And, you know, this is something me and Albert both feel is ridiculous um, on so, so many levels. You know, he talked about the cost of prosecution. You know, they are still prosecuting uh, cannabis cases, aren't they, Albert? Yeah, but the problem and this is what just aggravates me being a former prosecutor and having to see it all the time. It's they're taking advantage of poor people. I read one time that it was about 70 percent of people are incarcerated for nonviolent offenses. And the majority of those people, yes, are the poor. And, and, and it's just sad because they arrest them. They let, take them to jail. And the only re- what they want is their hundred dollars or two hundred dollars in cost of investigation. And sometimes you'd be. I mean, and then the offer is just going to be most likely cost or something. But the fact that you have to actually pay the police officers two hundred and eighty dollars or hundred dollar cost investigation for what? Taking a picture of a of a of a of a nug. That's it. What, that that investigation you did. So we, we need to we need to charge this this poor guy, this guy that's a hardworking citizen for the one gram of cannabis for that picture you talk. Yeah, yeah. But but no, no, no. There's no plea offer unless you pay that. That's ridiculous. Get out of here. Let's wrap it up, guys. Um, you know, we, we, we want you guys to be we, we want you guys to be safe out there. Um, we want you guys to know your rights. We want you guys to, uh, um, you know, <laughs> feel comfortable. Um, you know, if you have any problems, any interactions with the cops, um, you know, the, the stuff we advise still stands. Um, you know, anything you say can be used against you. Um, we advise what, Albert? If you get pulled over, what do you do? You see the lights, know your rights. I think that wraps up our episode today. I appreciate the time you both took out. Gentlemen, have a good weekend. And if you like our podcast, be sure to like and subscribe to us. We appreciate it. And if you do have any questions on whatever topic of Florida law, fire them at us and we'll do our best to work them into an episode of the podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Know Your Rights podcast with Orlando attorneys Albert Bazzotti and Joel Osborne. For more information, feel free to reach out to them on the web at beoslaw.com, B-E-O-S-L-A-W.com, or call them at 407-421-1535.